Hey everybody, how's it going? We are back with episode three of the Survival of the Artist podcast. And today I have a very special guest because she happens to be a friend of mine and a former co-worker. And one time we did a thing with music in Manhattan. Um, one time we went to Nashville together and covered the Dove Awards. And one time I interviewed her with an iPhone very quickly. Um, <laughs> so without further ado, Jeannie Ortega, the singer, the TBN salsa personality, the Christian Post writer, the dare I say real life, not internet friend of mine is a guest on the podcast. What's up, Jeannie? Come on, that's a top 10. That's a top five intro, at least. That was great. That was great. That was also very funny. Um, I love the title, the survival of the artist. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> that I mean, real? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, an artist can't survive, so that's why we have regular jobs. But maybe we're trying to solve something on this podcast. Actually, the, the whole the whole moral of the podcast should be like question number ten: What do you do to survive as an artist? Get a job. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the real moral. But anyway, I know a lot about you. Um, Jeannie and I worked together for two years. Only two years. And I can't it, believe it was only two years. And it, wow. And this was only. I guess three years, oh, wow, three years ago, two years ago now, um, time flies, but we worked together as editors for the Christian music website, breathecast.com, and it was kind of our baby, and then our baby went away, um, <laughs> we gave our baby up for adoption, and, scarred. Uh, <laughs> moved on to, the, we think about that baby every day, and we're like, where are you, beautiful baby out in the world, um, yeah. but uh, we, we moved on to uh, other babies, I guess. But um, I actually had a baby. Um, <laughs> a real one. <laughs> she's sleeping. That's why we're podcasting after 10 o'clock. But um, anyway, so I know you. But for everyone else, who are you? What do you do? What is your claim to fame? <laughs> well, um, okay. I am from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I guess what I'm most known for is for being a singer. Um, I had a top 25 Billboard pop hit song uh, years ago, and that was kind of my claim to fame, you know, opening act for Rihanna, toured the world um, for years, uh, really with that record and just um, really, you know, I was on a journey to just, make it big and, and get out of the hood and, you know, escape from my reality. And, and it happened, you know, uh, the song was crowded. That was the hit song. And then in the midst of that, you know, I wound up um, just really realizing that even though I had all this success and money and all these things that I thought I wanted, I was still pretty empty and, um, you know, uh, really found myself, looking for more and that the world couldn't give me. And, and I'm so grateful because I feel like God really put a hold in me and kind of hooked me in to keep me um, from going off the deep end like we see artists do all the time when they're not fulfilled with what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, I just pretty much my life redirected, um, found purpose 
in a relationship with God and just trying to figure out what that was going to be like. And then eventually started singing again. This time my content was different. But in the midst of all that, you know, when you have so much success and, and all that, you, um, and then you switch gears and you want to do something positive that's going to influence the world mm-hmm. for good, your budget also dwindles. <laughs> and that's kind of <laughs> what happened with me. Um, and, yeah, I mean, fast forward through, you know, a couple of years of just trying to figure out what it was, what was my place now in this world as an artist um, with a positive message. That's when I, you know, I really felt led to find a job because, <laughs> you know, it's a whole different ball game than it was even when my, when my first album came out, which was about uh, over 10 years ago now, which is crazy, makes me feel super old. Um, but yeah, the industry is so different. So even making money for any artist is so different than it was then. So as time passed, you know, um, I found myself trying to survive in this new industry, in this new world, and then also with a new message. And that's how I I started to work for Breedcast. I'm like, well, what am I good at? Well, I'm good at media, I think, because I've always been on the other side of media. Right. Being interviewed and all of that. So I figured, well, I have real life experience. So let me look for companies that are doing positive things, you know, in media. And I found Breedcast in New York, what are the odds? <laughs> and that's how I met you, <laughs> Justin. And then, yeah, and then in the midst of that, it all developed, you know. You were you were super instrumental in just really helping me grow as a, a writer. Not because I've always been a songwriter and I've always you know written creatively, but never as a journalist. Stop being or, nice. You know, yeah, anything like <laughs> that. So Justin, you definitely trained your girl. You know what I mean? Um, really helped me just kind of learn the basics of, of how to even write articles and stuff like that. And I guess now I do consider myself a journalist. It's been about four and a half years in this field, which is crazy. I can't believe I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm even in this field still. Um, but yeah, even that's evolved because I released, a, you know, another record, which now I have three albums out. Um, and then my, with my latest album, I was on the, the hit. Uh, Christian Network, TBN, um, for their new for their new channel, TBN Salsa, and they they asked me if I wanted to host my own TV show. So now I'm a TV host. So I don't nice. know what it is I am, but I'm all these different things, and it's it's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. I'm I'm going to to share the story of me meeting you, um, okay, because good. I think I think it makes for good podcast material. Um, so, so they, they hand me the the company that we were at CMC hands me the reins of a website and they're just like, here you go. Um, figure kind of figure this out. And I'm like, okay. Um, so it's just me and I get a resume put down next to me and the boss is like, Hey, uh, this, there's this, uh, woman coming in tomorrow. Um, she said she's a singer. Her name is Jeanette Ortega, <laughs> Jeanette Ortega Law, and I'm like, um, okay. But then I'm, I'm reading the resume and I'm looking and I see like the Disney, and I see the Billboard song, and then I was like, holy crap! 
I was like, wait a second. And I said to my boss, I was like, come here. And I and I pull up your song Crowded on YouTube. And I was like, that's her. I was like, I listened, to, I used to listen to that song. She's she's oh coming here to work tomorrow. And he's like, I, I guess it kind of looks like her because the video on YouTube is a little grainy. Um, so then I think I looked up your Facebook page and I found you. And uh, it was you. And I remember you, I remember we were talking. And then at some point, I, I think I was like, "Yeah, I know who you are." <laughs> and then, and then, uh, yeah. you were, and then you were forced to sing at our like company Christmas party or something, oh. um, like two days into the whole thing. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, I think it was my second day of work, and because word had got around the office that I was a singer. <laughs> Yep, you guys asked me to put everything to sing. Like, they were probably just like, yeah, this this girl can, I mean, we just heard this girl sings. Like, they probably didn't even know that you were, like, a singer. They were like, oh, she's probably pretty good. Like, you know, everyone, there's at least one person <laughs> in the office who could probably, like, belt out a tune, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's funny because, I, you know, I really didn't want to. I was so uncomfortable. I didn't even know anyone. And it's not like everyone was warm because it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> you were the nicest person in the office. And, you know, I get put on the spot and I just, well, you know, after I get pushed enough, I'm like, well, I have to do it, you know. <laughs> so I just sang a little bit. I don't remember what I sang. It was a Christmas carol. Yeah. And everyone in the office was like raving. <laughs> I was like, I was whack. <laughs> like, I was just trying to be nice and sing so y'all could shut up. <laughs> now, now, obviously, like, I haven't had nearly as much success in my music career but is there anything worse than people just being like hey sing or oh you or you rap oh, rap something and you're like nah i can't oh. especially me like i'm used to being on stage with a band so if i'm just by <laughs> myself i'm like all right if you throw like a band behind me i'll do something for you <laughs> but i'm not like a solo guy who stands up here and, and does i was like i cannot that. i cannot do it <laughs> It's crazy because I feel like the funny thing is that I've, you know, I've sung in crowds of thousands and thousands of people and it's still so different when like a small group of people ask you to sing in a room. Like it's not the yeah, same. It's scary. And, and even, yeah, it, 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 you get scared, you have fears. Like it doesn't matter how much you've done this or how professional you are. There's always a weird thing that happens. <laughs> Seriously. I was I was getting a, a little bit of like pre-interview jitters just being calling you to talk to like someone I know. So like <laughs> this is like I really can't do anything without a band. I can't do any sort of speaking without a band. It's really funny. Where's your backup band? We need a backup band for this podcast, man. Yeah, they all live pretty close to me. I should call them over. God, can you just sit in the room while I interview people? Don't even give them a headset. Like they're just listening to me talk sporadically oh my gosh that's hilarious a lot a lot of people that i talk to i kind of speak to them like where you know how did you get to where you are now or at least at a place where you feel you're most successful but you kind of have tasted that success in the past so back then did you ever feel like that was your pinnacle or did you feel like did, like this is where I could go next. Like, what were you striving to be? Did you get to where you wanted to be or did you want to go further? I think what I was trying to say in like 15 sentences. Yeah, this is a good sentences. question. 
Yeah, because I legit fulfilled the dreams that I had for myself at the age of 19. Like, I had already fulfilled my dreams. Right. Which was so crazy. Um, so, you know, my life pretty much started to transition at around 21, whereas when I had to change and everything, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to really just do things for God and and really just, like, make a positive impact in the world and not just do what I'm told to do as a puppet, you know, of the industry, which often happens to pop artists. Yeah. So... You know, I'm like, all right, well, I already fulfilled my world, like my worldly dreams, you know, my aspirations. I, I, I was wealthy. I had a top hit song. I was touring. You know, I made it out the hood like that. That was it for yeah. me. Um, but then when my, when, you know, when my, um, when my goals changed and my heart changed, I'm like, all right, well, now I had different goals and. You know, I think, honestly, I think as an artist, if you ever get to the point where you feel like that's it, you've made it, then you might have lost your creativity. Yeah. Because I don't know, like, I feel like, you know, art is, is growing. It's always evolving. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of even like being a Christian, to be honest, because I feel like if you're a Christian and you're stagnant, then you're not really a Christian, because, like, your walk should go from glory to glory and it should always be growing because it's, it's living. It's a living, active relationship. And I feel the same way about creativity. So, you know, for me, I had definitely fulfilled the goals that I had in my head, but as you continue to grow and dream and, and get, you know, different ideas, of course you get, you know, things evolve and you're like, all right, well, now I have this goal and, and this that I want to do. Um, so, you know, I feel like, did I ever hit my pinnacle? It's funny because I guess that's relative, right? Yeah. So if yeah. your goal is to be, you know, if my goal was to become a famous pop star, um, you know, whatever, and that was it, then I did that, you know, but I feel like my goal, even before I, I came to faith, was I want to change. I want to make it like a change in the world. I want to impact people's lives. And, you know, for me, I think I'll be doing that till I die. And um, as long as I feel like I'm making an impact in people's lives, I feel like I'm being successful. And with yeah. everything that I'm doing now, like I've never, ever made such an impact in people's lives the way I do now. And it's really weird because it's not even like I thought I would. You know, I have my music and that's one way that I make that I that I'm able to reach out to people and they can connect with me and cry with me and feel with me because that's the type of artist I am. I like to write, you know, what I feel, what I'm going through, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um and they can do that that way. But then even as a television host now where I'm able to get other people on my show and share their stories and their battles and their journeys. You know, that's another way that we're connecting with people through those messages. And then even working, you know, as a reporter, which, you know, all the time I'm always like, what am I doing? You know, like, <laughs> what am I doing in this job? You know, and, and even thinking like, is this something, is this where I'm supposed to be? You know, and I always say this, I'm like, God, as long as you give me the grace to do it, I'll do it. 
you know, and, and just recently I was able to sit down with Jim Caviezel, who's one of my favorite actors. I sat down with Denzel Washington, who is, yeah. is my favorite actor yeah, of awesome. all time. Um, you know, and to be able to hear these men that I look up to, and, and I interview women too, but I, th- I feel like these two particular actors are, are, are like, you know, two of my favorites. And their hearts for God and to share a message that was beyond themselves was just so beautiful and rich and encouraging and inspiring, you know, that when when I'm able to take their messages and put it on paper or put it, you know, digitally on paper, because that's the world we live in, um, you know, and share it with thousands and thousands and thousands of people, like, to me, that's, that's, that's hitting those pinnacle moments where I'm like, wow, God, thank you. Like, you know, what I do is not in vain. Um, and although, you know, you don't, as an artist, because even as a creative and a writer, you know, you're not getting this paid, you're not getting paid as much as you mm-hmm. think you should or what you hope you want to, you know, you would want to get paid. But, you know, I guess that's the payment. That is the payment. So, yeah, I feel like it's always, there's always, you know, pinnacles and things happening as long as you're alive and you know you have you have that drive for more you can you can continually feel that and not just flatline you know yeah that's solid and and you know speaking of you know you saying you you felt like you you hit that pinnacle when you were a teenager or just out of a teenager like young 20s i guess what would be what would be your your warning or sort of your advice to you know young artists who are starting to blow up now around that age just on handling fame and and mm-hmm. dealing with this attention and even something like and i guess secondary like managing the money or managing your money and your you know the choices that you make and those responsibilities because i feel like if you're making like millions of dollars when you're 20, you're like, oh, well, I'm good. And then you might blow it all and you may, you know, be done when you're 21 or 22. Um, yeah. So some stuff, something like that. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, that's all good stuff because like I'm the perfect um, example of like, you know, I wasn't like I didn't do like, you know, I wasn't getting robbed like TLC or you know those artists which oh maybe i was but it wasn't to that degree you know what i mean Mm because i definitely wasn't educated enough um in managing my money or knowing you know where all my money was going because i was a teenager and you know um i didn't even know so if i didn't know i'm just you put everything in your business manager's hands and your manager's hands but I definitely advise for, you know, young artists to make sure that they are on top of their stuff and they know where everything is going and why. Um, and as soon as they start making money, to really invest money, you know, and, and to invest with that money because, um, you know, that's another mistake that young artists make is you just think you'll continually be making money and you don't realize that, you know, in this industry, in the entertainment industry overall, you know, there's highs and lows and there's people who constantly, you know, are looking for that next gig, that next thing to help them sustain their living, you know. 
Um, and, and investing is major. And, you know, I look back now and I'm like, dang, I should have bought property. I'm from Bushwick. And back then, Bushwick was the hood and it was <laughs> no good. And now Bushwick is like the next Manhattan with the prices of real estate yep, and everything. Yep. And I should have I should have invested, you know, and I didn't. And I didn't have people guiding me or, or really, you know, somebody had told me, well, you should buy a house. But I'm like, no, nah, no, nah. you know, I didn't know. And I thought I knew everything at the time and I didn't know any better. So I just kind of brushed them off and, and they didn't, you know, they didn't push it. So here I am. I'm like, Dad, I could have bought you know, something in Bushwick and really would have had a multi-million dollar home right in New York. And, um, and what's crazy about that too is, is, you know, young, and especially you, you are on a label. So you would think, you know, the label would sort of supply these things for you and be like, well, you know, the money is going to so many different facets of a label that at least you would think some of that money would be designated to, hey, let's teach you about business and being, you know, wise with stuff. So I think that's a kind of a major difference with music today where things are more independently done and artists are more reliant on that because of, you know, you know, this stigma of, hey, you shouldn't sign with a label. So it's kind of weird that the label offers you tons of money, but maybe in the long run it doesn't work out. While the indie artist has no money to start, but whatever they create is theirs, I guess, and becomes yeah, yeah, their success. And, and it's why it's so, it's why it's just so much better to if you can do it that way to do it mm-hmm. that way because when you're on a label, and you know when I was on your label. Everyone is looking out for themselves. Like no one was looking out for Little Genie's pocket, and I'm grateful because, you know, they did they did take care of me while I was there. You know, I had a living expense because I was a teenager, so they were paying my rent and and mm-hmm. and that and and some, you know, every month. And you know, but since I didn't have any guidance on how to manage the money. You know, I was just, I was using it for, like, everyday things. I wasn't overindulging. Like, I wasn't buying Bentleys and chains <laughs> and all this stuff. You know, I could have, but I didn't. Um, you know, I've always had kind of some sense that, you know, for me, it was always, well, I had to live. You know, I was paying for some of my family members, yeah, you know, to yeah. live comfortably, you know, stuff like that. So it was always more of a gener- generosity thing with my issue <laughs> with, you know, mismanaging money. Um, but yeah, you know, that's the thing I would say to artists, but I would also say, you know, take every moment in and don't, cause what happens is when you become, when you get signed or your dreams start to happen, everything goes really, really fast yeah. and it gets way ahead of you. So what you wind up doing is you just fast forward through your life and you're not you know, you're not really living in the moment. And a lot of the, like, to be honest, my memory is shot. You know, I hang out with friends that I've had for years or my siblings. And they're like, yo, remember that time? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't remember. <laughs> it's kind of like crazy. a wedding. It's, just... <laughs> it's kind of like a wedding. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's like a big exactly. party. It happens super quick and it makes everyone else happy. And then at the end of the day, you're like, what, what the heck did I just do? And I just went through all this money. and I don't even remember anything. (laughs) Yo, that is the best way I've ever heard that. It is so true. There you go. You can have it. It is so, so true. Yes. I'm going to reuse that because that is so good. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's so true. That's really what it is. It's like a big event, a wedding or something that you, you know, it just, it happens. And then you look back and like, oh man, who, what happened? Who was there? Oh, you know, that's kind of how it was. And, you know, I guess that's super hard to do, but, you know, don't live like this is going to keep happening. You know, artists should really just appreciate where they are and, and remember and hold on to the things that they're doing when their dreams start coming true and stuff like that. Because, you know, one day you'll look back and, and it will just be a memory or not, if you remember or not. In my case, I don't remember half of the <laughs> You may have but, even been doing everything right, but you just don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I would definitely, you know, money is a major factor um, and just really enjoying the moment and really being wise. Not everybody that says they're for you is for you. And let's be honest, I mean, I would say no one is really for you. Everyone is for themselves. That's human nature. And if you get, if, if you happen to have, yeah, if you happen to have an angel in your corner, then praise God, you know. But even in the Christian industry now, you know, I'm seeing it's, it's pretty much the same thing. The people are probably a little nicer, but at the end of the day, there's an agenda. There's always an agenda. So you have to really protect the gifts that God has given you and hold on to it and value it and use it, you know, and and, and remember what you're doing. And you know, That's what I'd say. Okay. Well, that's that's a good thing to say. So. Speaking of of that moment um, and multiple moments that you were speaking of, what was that one, that one moment that you felt like a rock star that you're like, yo, this is it. I did it. <laughs> Do you have one moment? Uh, let me think. <clears throat> I am so corny. My moments, because I'm so hood. Like, I grew up in the hood, so <laughs> it's like my moments are probably so whack they're not even moments that like a normal person should because I've had some really cool experiences <clears throat> but I feel like the moments that I'm like wow that was amazing it's like some super ghetto <laughs> experience um okay I'm trying to think of what I should like what it's what I should say and what I, I'm going to tell you what I want to say anyway um, all right, so I'll tell you what I want to say because I definitely know. So okay. I would say the first time I was on TRL, um, I went to MTV and my video was on TRL, the, the original TRL. With Carson Daly? <laughs> countdown. Yeah, but I didn't even know if he was there. Actually, he was still there, but he, was, he wasn't the host. It was, um, oh gosh, I forgot her name. She was on One Tree Hill. Hillary Burton, was it her? I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was somebody. Yeah, anyway, it was somebody else. And Bow was the host. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was when my video made the 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 the, the countdown. countdown. What number? Do you um, remember? I think it was number eight. It was up there. It wasn't like top five or anything, but it was it was the beginning. It had the song that just came out, you know, too, and people were were requesting it. Um, so that was a moment, and that's not really a ghetto moment, that's like a real moment. But I would say another moment, which is my ghetto moment now, <laughs> is when I went to 50, 50 Cent's house in Jersey. Um, there was a big dash, and yeah, I was invited as a guest. 
because of, you know, because of what I was doing. And, um, yeah, it was just like with everyone, you know, like there was a bunch of celebrities there. And, you know, 50 has a club in his house. And I was just really feeling like I made it. <laughs> like, here I am in this mansion <laughs> with murals of 50 cents, you know, painted all over the walls. Um, and, and you know, hanging out with 50 and Papoose and, you know, all these, these straight hood dudes. And I felt like I made it. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, 50 probably doesn't have a club in his house anymore. So, oh, so you, so you had, you probably had a, a very good experience there because yeah. I don't know, 50's not really popping anymore, but we, we still love you. Yeah. We still remember what you did. We still remember when you, <laughs> when you hung upside down in the video and, and Eminem was taking notes on you. We remember. Um, <laughs> so, so on, on the reverse side. What do you feel looking back throughout your career is your biggest failure or your biggest regret? Um, it's so weird because I feel like if everything didn't happen the way it happened, I wouldn't be where right. I am. And I'm so grateful for where I am because ultimately, like, I, I have purpose. And before, while I was in the pinnacle of my career, like, you know, yes, I was on tour with Rihanna. I was doing all these cool things that maybe other people might think were the pinnacle you know their careers and stuff but for me you know I was just like you know whatever like I was just doing what I did um and so I would say I know that my career would have been different and I'm not sure if it's a fa if it was a failure or not I don't I'm not sure but I remember I had asked we did like a survey and we had asked people what song what what they thought should be my first single and it was between crowded which was my top 25 billboard hit song mm -hmm. and another song called so done and so done was like it was it was a certified like top 50 pop song um you know kind of like what jojo was doing back in the time yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or like it was totally like young girls you know we're gonna get it we're gonna buy it it was one of those songs like it was it was a total hit song it really was and you got to think about um, and this time it's like the ringtone era too so this was a yeah. song that was going to be you know playing when people's phones were ringing and and like that like there was no streaming yet so like this yeah. everything moved like so differently which is crazy because it's not that long ago yeah, it's crazy. I know we're in a whole new world. Um, yeah, so we did a little poll on MySpace at the time. Yeah, MySpace. <laughs> and, yeah, and we asked, um, and trust me, my label had to fight with me to get on MySpace. I'm like, I ain't going to no damn website to share with people, and y'all not having my password. Like, that was me. <laughs> I was so stubborn. Um, but eventually I came and I loved it and I was super vocal, kind of like in an ignorant way. I used to get in trouble all the time. It's like, you need to remove that now or you're going to offend the person you're on tour with. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, we, we did a poll on what song the fans thought should be the first single. And because Crowded was more of the singer, you know, um, people were voting that song and you know, I wanted that song to be my first single because it was more me. It was more, you know, I was I was like, I was rough around the edges. 
Um, I was still a girl and stuff, but I was rough around the edges, and I felt like Carter was more in your face, and it kind of showcased who yeah. I was. But so done, I know it would have been a bona fide hit, you know, could have been a gold hit song. Well, actually, the credit was gold on, on radio, but like I felt like so, like so done was going to be my my career defining song, but I felt like let's not start with that because it's not fully me. Right. So we we made the decision with the fans to go with Crowded, and you know Crowded was great, and you know as you heard like. I got on the Billboard charts. Is how I got on tour. It's how I did all these incredible things. But I don't. I think crowd, crowded was a certain audience. Like only certain people were gonna, you know, play right, into crowded. Right. And um, I felt like so done was more of the broader audience. And you know, I didn't know that. You know, I wouldn't have that chance to really explore what that single would be like. You know, we we started with another song. I was like the feeler single, which did well, helped me get on the map, um, which was got what it takes. And then Crowded was officially kind of my second single, and it, it was a hit. And then So Done, we were starting to go to radio with it, but that's when the whole industry changed. Yeah. And, you know, they, and, and also I changed. Yeah. You know, I wasn't I didn't I wasn't that tough girl that they signed anymore either. Now like now I was like I was like, yo, I'm in love with God and I wanted to talk to people about God and I was like wasting their studio money like <laughs> straight up evangelizing to people in the studio about God because I didn't know you could feel God. I was just having so much fun um just sharing God with others that um I didn't realize I was wasting Money in studio time. I'm just like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, that's you know? that's that's nice and all, but can can you maybe do this after you record something? <laughs> yeah, but I was like, no. But did you know you could feel God? Like I was very, <laughs> I was overzealous and just so in love, and I wanted everyone to know. So you know, eventually that that didn't last long because they didn't sign they didn't sign a, a Christian artist. You know, signed the background from Brooklyn. So, and so the industry was changing and they didn't have time to waste money, you know? So so the moral of the story is that fans don't know what they're talking about and sometimes the fans shouldn't always get what they want. <laughs> that's, that's, what, um, that's what you're telling me. I don't me. even know. I, well, not even, you know, because now it's a different world, right? So yeah, now yeah, it's yeah. really the fans are going to make or break you. I'm Back kidding. then. It was different, you know, but but I will say what's not different is this. Radio is not different. Right. And that's unfortunate, you know, because <clears throat> it is at the end of the day, what is radio going to play? Um, And just because your fans want something and you want something, that radio is going to play. Yep. And, you know, so it is. All right. So, so how would 2006... 2007 genie do if she was arriving into music in 2018 where there's streaming and you have to try to get yourself on a playlist to be heard and nobody knows what cds are so 2007 genie or it's actually 2006 genie right i was super ratchet <laughs> So, you know, Am it's I working funny because I was saying you you would have been like exactly, a trap. You could have been saying. like a trap pop art. You could have been like Cardi B. I was just going to say 
I definitely like her lifestyle. Obviously, different or was different than what mine was. Um, like I wasn't stripping or anything like that. But you know, I was just as ratchet though. My mouth and you know my attitude and you know I, I look at if Tiffany Haddish and Cardi B, you know, and like let's see, and then maybe some some other artists that's probably you know <laughs> not as wild as those two came together, that would be me, you know? Uh, which would be great entertainment. It would be great for entertainment. You probably would but have I had probably, a reality show. Yeah, which I did. I actually did. I shot a pilot for a reality show. <laughs> Back then, um, totally did. We could have been the Kardashians, me and my family. <laughs> the, the, the Ortegas. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, but I was just as blunt and, and open and all that. So it would have been it would have been great for uh, entertainment, but it would have been horrible for um, my reputation, probably. And I probably would have ruffled a lot of feathers. Hey, we live in such a politically correct world this day. You, I mean, you're a journalist now too, so you know um, you would have been dominating headlines. So you would have been doing <laughs> you would have been doing everything right, honestly. Yeah. Um, but let let's let's move to journalism now because. Okay. You've been on both sides of it, um, and I'm sure you never would have imagined that you would go there, as as you said before. Um, so I guess, what do you see differently as a journalist coming from the music side and now covering music or entertainment? So I'm going to be 100% honest. Before I became a journalist, I never really respected journalists. Um, or reporters or media people, <laughs> like to the degree that I should have. You know, I always looked at people in the media as what the public, you know, description of people in the media is, like kind of the paparazzi or always yeah, trying yeah. to come at you and get the headline or, you know, or, or can kind of, you know, try to sleeve their way into getting you to say something, you know, whatever. Which is which um, is some of it, which that it's yeah, fair. It it's fair. It's some it of is. it. Yeah, it is. Um, but you know, I kind of didn't look at media people or journalists as people. I was just like, they're we're, media. We're you know, not, it was it was people. a weird thing. It's, it's super weird. It was like they're media. It's like you got to be on guard. You have to, you know, you didn't treat them like regular people that could could level with you or understand what you were going through or feeling. So when I became a reporter and got into the media, you know, I was determined to be a person. Now, I do feel like sometimes even, you know, me, like now as a reporter, and you know, I'll go to events and I'm standing around people and I'm like, you know, it's kind of like a job. It's not really a personal thing. But for me, it's like I'm determined to ask people what I would really want to know. And I want to level with them as a human. Yeah, and um, I feel like they get it, which is weird. Like I feel like immediately the wall comes down, like that same wall that I have, you know, I had with media, comes down, and they, they they become a person, and they say things that they probably wouldn't normally say to people, and um, you know, and so that's kind of my thing. Like I'm just like I'm determined to be a person, you know. So that sometimes that means I protect people. Like, they'll say some real off-color 
some, you know, something that I know can get them in a lot of trouble if I report on it, but I don't because what's the point? You know, and yeah. especially I do, you can it, relate. I do it, I, I do Christian media, you know, so it's like at the end of the day, if he's a Christian artist or actor or inspirational entertainer who says some real sideways comment, you know, what what's going to be in the headlines is Christian actor, Christian singer, and it puts a bad name to Christian and Christianity and Christ, which is doing a disservice to everybody. So yeah. that's just my approach. I have colleagues who who do different who do differently, but you know, yep. at the end of the day, I gotta go to sleep at night and put myself <laughs> in the mirror, and I gotta go to institute. So that's what I do. Yeah, that's that's sort of the. Um like the catch 22 of, of Christian media where it's like, people are like, you have a job to teach people, you know, and bring people closer to God with what you write. And, but also if you're a journalist, your job is supposed to be to report on exactly what happened. So it's, it's like a fine line of trying to figure out, um, how can I do this without ruining everything and messing everything up? Um, and all, and all it takes is for you to just hit publish, and then you're like, mm, let me change my mind. Ten minutes later, you unpublish, but maybe already a bunch of people read that or did oh, something. Or, me. or you know. get the email from the publicist. Be like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with your person that's saying all this crazy stuff? I thought it, I thought it yeah. was funny. Well, we didn't think it was funny. Well, you should have told me that before. <laughs> but um, now... Now, from journalism, now you're, as you said, you're you're hosting your own show on TBN. And I'm wondering, like, do you get to have any creative control of what you're doing on there? Or is it a very set format? Oh, no, it's completely my show. So I can do whatever I want. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, so like, how, how often... I'm actually trying to get myself... To be more creative with it and not be so standard because <laughs> I'm so used to following rules and I don't want to like step on anyone's toes that I'm like, okay, well, um, you know, like I, I, I feel myself, you know, a little constraining myself and I'm like, no, I can be creative. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's instant, like instant creativity because you get to plan your whole show. We had a show back in the day. That was kind. That was for the most part um, allowing us to do stuff, but we just had zero budget. That was that was that yeah. was the that was the main problem. Um, yeah. But but um, okay. So now we we talked about you being on camera. We talked about you being a writer. We talked about your music in the past. So what about the music in the present day, Genie? I know you came out with an album. Two years ago now, right? Produced by Aaron yeah, I can't Rice. I believe that. What happened? I heard it. In, I heard it in Nashville myself. You did. Aaron you Rice's were you house. were the first. I did. I did hear it. I had that little that VIP insight. This is why you got to be a journalist, everybody listening. <laughs> you get to do really cool things. I mean, you get no money for it, but you get to do really cool things. <laughs> so at least you could tell your grandkids. I wasted my whole life not making any money, but I did some real cool things. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's great that you asked me what I'm doing now because 
Um, I actually am doing something, and it will be out this year. Um, So basically, I've released three albums in my life so far. From the age of, I'd say from the age of 17 years old till now, 31, um, I've been writing, writing songs and creating music. So my catalog, I have over 200,000 songs. I mean, not 200,000, sorry. <laughs> I think you're lying. That would be amazing. <laughs> I think you're that lying. That would be amazing. <laughs> you're quite prolific. <laughs> <laughs> I have over 200 songs. I'm sorry. Much better. And, um, yeah, <laughs> that's more believable. Um, and, you know, so basically each album had either 12 or 11 songs, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of my material has never been heard before, never been out before. And um, I have, you know, there's material that I thought, you know, they really good, good songs content, um, you know, but for whatever reason it didn't make the album or, you know, I was in transition between a label and being an independent artist, so I wasn't sure if I can use the song. Yeah. Or for whatever reason, right, the song doesn't see the light of day. So here I am, 31 years old now, and there's tons of songs I've never, people have never heard. So I feel like all the songs people have heard are kind of the polished you know, the polished genie. You know, after after all is said and done, these are the top of the top, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of fill-in tracks that, like, really explain my story and my journey. So for this year, what I'm doing is I'm going to release a mixtape. Um, it is called Road to 31. Mm. And it's going to be... 31 unreleased GEO songs. Talking about making up <laughs> for the, uh, some lost time there. <laughs> but from the past 15 years of my life. Um, so, yeah, decade and a half of music. And, you know, because it's 31 songs, you know, I know there's going to be people that only listen to the first 10 songs, only listen to the middle, you know, 10 songs, and then only listen to the back half have 10 songs and it's actually fitting because each one of the songs you know from 1 to 31 will be my journey from 1 to 31 so it'd be from from the age of 17 years old before I became a Christian before you know I understood what my purpose was you know so there'll be songs about that you know navigating through relationships and heartbreak and parenting and you know and like leaving my house for the first time like leaving the nest you know and then you know here I am I'm famous I'm doing all these things and everyone wants to pull me this way and that way but you know I'm an individual and I'm a person and I want you know whatever I want people to know that I'm I'm a value and then you know wow what is this like uh, there's more to life. Like I, I, I come to, to faith and I, I realize that I do have purpose and my brokenness can be healed. So my entire journey will be in these songs and a lot of it will be just the in-between songs. Some of the songs that were maybe just a little too honest for the record or, you know, um, whatever but it'll be 31 songs and the whole the whole the whole idea of road to 31 is just my road from 
who I was to becoming that Proverbs 31 woman that, you know, um, that you hear from in the Bible where, you know, it's a goal because I'm not there yet. You know, I'm still Mm -hmm. trying to be that woman where, you know, where I really understand my full worth and, and I love the way, you know, God intended me to love and stuff like that. So yeah, it's going to be real. So, so the, <laughs> It'll be interesting. So the songs are kind of just in their original form? Like, are you remixing them at yeah. all? or? No, it's a mixtape. And that's the reason why I'm, I'm calling it a mixtape. Because it's going to be just some of the songs are raw. Like, some of the songs are just my home recording. Obviously, it's okay. not going to be... You know, it won't be un- unlistenable or whatever, if that's a word. <laughs> um, you'll be able to, okay, <laughs> you'll be able to, you know, you'll be able to, to, to vibe with it. If you have super critical ears, maybe you have a problem with it, but that's why it's called a mixtape, you know. So there'll be songs to stream, and I'll have them on my website. And like I said, I feel like people are going to gravitate to the period in time where they are in their own lives. You know, so um, I think it'll, there'll be something for everybody. And I'm excited just to get music out. You know, for years, I have friends that are like, yo, please send me that track. You never released it. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling to hear that song. And I really feel like they inspired me, you know, to to release all this music because there's so many songs that I never released. You know, so now everybody will get to, uh, to yeah. hear. Yeah, I know <laughs> how between. it is. I know how it is when when you like really love an artist and they're your favorite artist and you're just like, I need more music by them now. And then you find like (laughs) some rare clip on YouTube from like an in-between session or like an unmixed thing and you feel like you just found (laughs) gold and it could sound like garbage, but you're like, it's new. It's new for me. It's even though it's like 25 years old or something like that. You're like I found it. It's great. He re- recorded. Yeah. He recorded it. With, That's the goal. With a with a with an iPhone one or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, exactly. That's the thing. That's the goal. So hopefully, everyone will um, who listens to it will put on their their um, hearing earmuffs. I mean, their loving earmuffs before they hear it, <laughs> so they can hear it from a place of love and really <laughs> get the true heart behind it. It's about the message. As always. So, last but not least, I think you know what's coming because you probably say it too. Do you have anything else to add, talk about, or plug, even though you just plugged something? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, really just the TV show right now and the music. So, with the TV show, it streams um, every single day except for Saturday. So you can watch the show every day. It's either um, Sundays. I mean, yeah, so Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, the show, you can go to TBN slash salsa.org, and you can stream live um, at 5.30 p.m. And then um, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you can watch it at 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that, you know, obviously the times are different wherever you are in the country. Um, but you can always get to see my show. And it, and it, and it, airs, it, airs five, it airs six times a week, but it's only one show per week. So basically, if you miss it on Sunday, you can watch it on Tuesday. It's the same show. Um, yeah, so there's that. You could always just go to genieo.com. So Jeannie, J-E-A-N-N-I-E-O 
com, and you can find everything there. The music will be on there. When the music is coming will be on there. Um, the TBN Salsa link is on mm-hmm. there. And, yeah, I mean, my husband is gearing up to uh, really start his own ministry. Nice. So I don't know what that looks like for my future. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I'd be a pastor's wife, but... <laughs> God has a sense of humor. <laughs> well, will that will that be a track on your road to thirty one? Oh, I'm telling you, it's about, it's about to be number thirty one. That, that's the deluxe I still edition. Have one track. That's the deluxe edition yeah. you release when you're thirty two. I'm telling you, yeah. So there's that, and and I'll still be creating music. So um, you know, be on the lookout for an official album. You know, because that's me. I can't stop. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't stop and even though me I should have stopped a long time ago, but I can't cuz we're all a little crazy if you do music. You're all just a little <laughs> exactly. bit insane and and in for torture and pain. But hey, that's it. That's that's how you make the art. Um I was just going to say if you're not suffering and if it doesn't come from a place of pain, then it's not real. You know, and you always, you always know the artists that have been through stuff in their life because their work is just, it's just a little more rich, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. you're like, mm, I felt that, you know. J- Justin, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a rock star. What's your backup <laughs> plan? I want to be a music journalist. Oh God, help him. Help him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it, Jeannie Ortega. I'm going to drop some links below, wherever that is. I'm pointing down. You can't see me, but they will be below somewhere. (laughs) Um, This episode will be dropping soon, which doesn't matter because you're probably listening to it. So anyway, look out for Jeannie Ortega. Check out her Road to 31, which is coming. Check out her TBN Salsa show in the mix, correct? Yep. And uh, I guess that's it. Thank you, Jeannie, for blessing us with, with almost an hour of material. Yikes. <laughs> I could talk. <laughs> Thank you, though. Yeah, I, I Appreciate could, it. I could talk, too. You remember those uh, really long interviews <laughs> I like to do. So, um, but uh, all right, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Survival of the Artist podcast. This was episode three. Stay tuned for episode four. I don't know who that's going to be yet, but... Uh, it's coming bi-weekly, just like every bi-week. Oh, I'm terrible. All right. Goodbye.